serious question. How's the weather outside? Is it okay? Okay. I'm going to spoil it right now. Let's go back to when it was a little cooler, like, mm, I think in April. Remember that? Burr, cold spring. What we celebrated Holy Week, didn't we, during that time? And I want to take you back just momentarily to Holy Thursday. And what did we celebrate on Holy Thursday before Easter? But the gift of the Eucharist that Jesus gave during the Last Supper. And we celebrated the fact that he gave us the ordained priesthood and also everybody's mandate or call to service. That was the good part. The bad part of that day was kind of cold. But nonetheless, that's what Jesus did at the Last Supper on Holy Thursday. Now, today, when it's nice and warm and summery, we're celebrating Corpus Christi, the most holy body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's another celebration of the gift of the Eucharist. But this time, we ponder what we believe in terms of the Eucharist and how we are devoted to it. And so, to help us ponder the Eucharist, I'd like to, first of all, take us to the gospel that Deacon Ken just proclaimed. And one thing that really jumped out at me right away with this gospel is, okay, just imagine yourself with Jesus right now, okay? And he has proclaimed the kingdom to you. He has taught you so super well. And also, you have come forward to Jesus with your maladies, with parts of your, your physical life that needs to be healed, and, and maybe even cured, and he's done that. So just think, you have been instructed by Jesus, your heart is aflame because of what he said, because you're so connected with him, and he's healed you, he's cured you of your ills. And then he says, but that's not enough. I'm going, what? That's not enough. I mean, what you did, Jesus, in this gospel is just mind-blowingly fantastic. But it wasn't enough. Because all of a sudden he said, in response to the disciples, who said, Jesus, Jesus, uh, it's late, and these people haven't had anything to eat, and we got to get rid of them. we got to send them away so they can get something to eat. Jesus knew all about this, what's going to happen. And then he says to them, feed them yourselves, which was kind of a way of kind of getting them into what he was about to do. But, but, but we'll just stop a minute. Physical hunger. There's something that was incomplete that Jesus hadn't done, even though everything he had done was so fantastic. He hadn't fed the people yet. He hadn't fed the people yet. Hey, by the way, anybody hungry right now? Seriously, anybody hungry? I am. My stomach is just kind of growling here. I don't know why. But I got to eat some more Cheetos. Well, <laughs> you know, I gave a bag of Cheetos away today. How about that? But... Oh. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I discovered somebody at a wedding who liked Cheetos just like me, so I said, here, how about you if I had a bag of Cheetos? So that was kind of fun. All right, so hungry. We all know what physical hunger is all about. And so did those people, so did Jesus. And it was time to give them something to eat. The disciples, all right, their empty stomach was their, their dinner belt. But Jesus says, okay, there's something more that's going to happen here. I know that you can't feed them. 
I know that these, these five loaves and two fish are not going to satisfy 5,000 people. But I'm going to feed them. And you heard about the miracle. Everybody had everything they needed in order to be satiated and satisfied. But there's something even deeper that was going on there. The feeding of Jesus was not only to satisfy their physical hunger, but also, here it comes, to satisfy their hunger for God. Their hunger for God. See, all of these people who heard the fantastic word and who were healed and cured, they knew of their poverty. They knew of their poverty. That they could never have their lives all put together perfectly. That everything in their lives was not going to go the way that they would want. That they are not able to control the economic and political and world circumstances of their day. They just are not going to be able to do that. And in seeing that and in realizing that, they recognize their poverty. They recognize their hunger for God. And that only God could satisfy them in the midst of everything that they were living through and experiencing in their lives. Yes, he physically fed them. Yes. But the, the deeper reality here is that God fed Jesus, fed their hearts. Their innermost desire for union with God. And he did it that day. Now, I asked you if you were physically hungry. But do you see, do you see, do you recognize within yourselves, in your hearts, the hunger that you have for God? We all have it. We're all hungry for God to be united with him, to be one with him. He created us that way so that we would seek him to know and to love him. We all desire to be fed by God, to be one with him. And we know, too, our poverty, because we can't control everything. Anybody, anybody ever done that? Have you been able to control everything in your life? And everything works out precisely, exactly, precisely, exactly the way you want it to? Have you been able to control other people the precisely and exactly the way you want the to? We can manipulate, but have you been really able to control and make sure everything works out the way you want? Have you been able to control the economy lately? Anybody? Stock market boom. Have you been able to control the gas prices lately? If you can, please do. But no. We get the point. Have we been able to control the war in Ukraine? No, we haven't. See, we have a poverty too. And try as we might, we're not going to be able to control life and all things about it. We have a poverty in life, and if we recognize that, we'll see that God can feed it. God can feed us in our hunger, in our poverty. And will bring about, if you will, a satiation or satisfaction in our lives that this world, in all of its circumstances, and all the circumstances of our lives, cannot give. And that multiplication of the loaves and fish was about the Eucharist, about how Jesus feeds us in our hunger for him. And remember, all those folks there, they were satisfied. They were satisfied. That's Jesus with us. Not to kind of pander to us, 
but, but we become one with Jesus when we receive him in the Eucharist, right? Body, blood, soul, and divinity. He doesn't hold back. We become one with him. And that's where we're going to find satisfaction, a unity, a peace, a sense of security, is when we're one with Jesus in the Eucharist. Okay. That's the teaching part. I said that this also was a feast of devotion to the Eucharist. What it means to be devoted is that we express our love. We express our love when we're devoted to someone. When we're devoted to Jesus, we're expressing our love. And you know, when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist and we recognize this poverty that we have, we can come to a real deeper love of Jesus because of the ways that he responds to us and, and, and cherishes us and embraces us. So this devotional part of the Eucharist is this. I'm going to encourage you, as we know our poverty now, we're reflecting on our poverty, I'm going to encourage you, I'm encouraging myself, to really, really, really spend time before the Blessed Sacrament, either when it's exposed on Mondays in our church from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., or any time that you can slip in here to St. Joseph Church or any other Catholic church where the Eucharist is reserved. I tell you what, I tell you what, this doesn't happen every time I come in to the church and I sit before the Blessed Sacrament, wherever I am. I sit out there where you guys sit. I tell you what, I've heard his voice speak to me, and I'm not loony. I've heard his voice. Not all the time. I've heard his voice. And I have felt his presence. Not all the time. I've felt his presence. What is it like? Like an embrace. Not like a bear hug, but an embrace. And you feel secure. You feel like you're being loved. That's what I've experienced. Not all the time, but sometimes before the Blessed Sacrament. And other times, it's just like, okay, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, but I know you're here, Jesus, and please help me to appreciate who you are and what you are in my life. Spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. Expose on Mondays or any time you can slip into a Catholic church for a while. Do it. You're going to be drawn unto him, and, and you're going you're gonna to learn in an experiential way how to love Jesus. It's just from your heart. That's all. It's just from your heart. Responding to him. That's all it is. Responding to him in love from your hearts. So it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a theologian or a mystic to do this. You just be yourself. And you bring yourself, please, before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And your mind will be enlightened, too, as far as what we believe about him in the Eucharist. Your mind will be enlightened. And you'll have a develop a deeper hunger to receive his body and blood, soul, and divinity. Because God is so super abundant in his gift, in his love of himself to us, just like he was with the loaves and fish. Fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He is super abundant. 
And he wants to share that abundance of his life with you and me in whatever state our life is in right now. That's how we can love God. That's how we can love Jesus. And remember what Carlo Acutis, blessed Carlo Acutis, the, the teenager said? What did he say? Come into the church before the blessed sacrament and get suntanned by God. Let the rays, if you will, the rays of his love penetrate your hearts and let him work inside of your hearts. Isn't this a great day? Corpus Christi. We claim the beliefs of the Eucharist that the church has given to us and we act upon them in very simple ways. And through it all, Jesus draws us unto himself.